Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. got something to write, color, or draw with. The, uh, the caveat today is that if you like the therapeutic art of coloring, just color while I'm talking today. We're going to do some activities, but I won't be offended if you're not making eye contact. Just color, just enjoy, take in, take in God's word today together. There's a lot going on in our world, in our country, that makes us feel I guess unsettled is a term we could use. We could use a lot of words, but we watch Russia and we wonder what decision they're going to make next. We worry about the Ukrainian friends and the cold winter coming. We watch election results locally, nationally. We wonder how that's going to affect our lives. We maybe watch with a little bit of schadenfreude as Elon Musk takes over Twitter and we wonder what's going to happen any moment, at any moment. Finally, we watch Ticketmaster. How are they going to respond to the anger of Taylor Swift fans? Don't ever anger a Swifty. I do. Shout out to some Echo friends who did get pre-sale tickets. Congratulations to those of you who sat in line for many hours. But with all the uncertainty, it's just I think that's when I crave this holiday of Thanksgiving because it gives us permission to just rest, to take it slower pace, to a lot of times our holiday is surrounded by food, and we just get to be thankful. We get to look and count our blessings. So today, I want us to just take time to just breathe deeply, do some coloring, spend time with loved ones sitting around you, and let's just take this time to take in the peace and the joy and the love of Jesus. So we're going to do some things today where we're not just thinking of our thanks in our heads, but I want to challenge all of us, me included, I'm gonna, I want us to come up with some specific actions we're going to do today. So we're going to go through four categories of thanks that we can think about and also thanks that we can live out. So first, let's think about the way that the Jewish people express thanks in the Old Testament, the way God set things up for his people. He included thanks as part of his guidelines for them. He's like, when you worship and when you go throughout your year, like we have the holiday of Thanksgiving, God instilled holidays. He instilled holy days, festivities, and it, he said, come with joy. There are three major festivals described in Deuteronomy 16. The Jewish people were told to be joyful and to bring gifts of gratitude. We have Passover, Shavuot, Sukkot, otherwise known as the festivals of unleavened bread, festival of weeks, and festival of tabernacles. So let's read in verses 16 and 17 of Deuteronomy chapter 16. God said three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, at the festival unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. 
Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. So they were like literally supposed to count their blessings. If they had a lot, they were supposed to bring in proportion to how the Lord had blessed them. And so as we can see established here, God said, speak you who's going to have times of praise and thanks aloud, but you're also doing something. You're looking, you're taking note, and you're bringing it. You're bringing a physical act here. So they've got some giant parties and some offerings that's going on here. There were other times in the Bible where a person might just personally want to offer thanks. There are fellowship or peace offerings, depending on the Bible translation you're reading. They're described as either one. And part of those are thanksgiving. And we might think of sacrifices being brought to God to atone for sin. And that was the one thing. But at other times, you'd bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Leviticus 7 says, if they offer it as an expression of thankfulness, then along with this thank offering, they are to offer thick loaves made with yeast and olive oil mixed in, thin loaves made without yeast and brushed with oil, thick loaves of the finest flour, well kneaded with oil mixed in. Sorry if we're making you hungry. The meat of their fellowship offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on that day that it is offered. So here we are. We see some descriptions of the food, of the offering made before the Lord in thanksgiving. So then we ask why. Maybe in our pessimistic moments, we're like, why does God need this stuff? See, why does he need people to thank him? But perhaps one of the reasons is that God created us with gratitude knit right into our being because he created our bodies and our minds and our souls and gratitude is good for us. We're discovering this as a people still now. In 2013, a study by Robert Emmons of UC Davis and Robin Stern of Yale, they conducted a study on gratitude, and Emmons has continued his research every year. And he's written books following up saying this is his conclusion. Gratitude has one of the strongest links to mental health and satisfaction with life of any personality trait. He said, more so than optimism, hope, or compassion, grateful people experience higher levels of emotions of joy, enthusiasm, love, happiness, and optimism. And so they were looking at the way that gratitude would protect people from envy, resentment, greed, or bitterness. That's their study. And they were discovering the things that the creator has already made in us. So perhaps another perspective is just to think of God as our parent. When we have little kids, we teach them to say thank you, right? Even if we're the ones giving the gift, because we want to instill in them habits that they will retain as they mature into, into adults. So I hope that now that we've considered the why, a little bit of the how back then. Let's get into a practice today. Let's not just think about our thanks, but let's live out our thanks. Because gratitude, ideally, should combine words with actions. So that's what I want us to think about today. Words and actions. So you've got some your pages that you can keep coloring. You can flip it over on the back to jot down some notes here. 
You can pull out your phone as I give us some actions. Maybe you create a reminder to pop up for you. My family loves reminders that go off on my phone daily. Um, maybe you put it on a calendar. But some of the things that we think about today, I want us to like write it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it too. I haven't chosen mine yet. I want to do this. Let's make commitments to these actions in our gratitude. So I'm going to read scripture, and then I'm going to give us a challenge, and then Dylan's going to play some music, and we're just going to have a, a minute or two to write down each of our four categories here. So gratitude number one, Luke 9. Now you know, you know my favorite part of Luke, right? It's Jesus eating meals, remember? Yes, you've all discovered my love language of food. So Jesus not only thanked God when he ate, also when he would do a miracle. Here Jesus took the five loaves, the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and Jesus gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. So Jesus not only said yes to meals himself, he also made sure other people had plenty to eat. And here in this miracle, I mean, Jesus is God. He could have thanked himself, but he modeled for us a gratitude of something outside ourselves because nothing we do is from our own efforts alone. We thank God, we thank other people because it takes others in our lives for anything that we do. So I want our first aspect of gratitude to be light and fun and the spiritual act of eating. So I want you to think about your favorite food, your favorite coffee shop, your favorite restaurant, your favorite home-cooked meal. Think about the food and drinks that are meaningful to you. Think about your favorites. And then as an action, I want you to make a plan right now. Make a plan for who you are going to invite for food, drink, and conversation sometime between now and the end of January. I know it's the holiday season, but think of someone you would like to get to know better. And as you are grateful for food, who are you going to share that food with? So let's just take a, a minute or two and we'll write down some names and put down a plan of what food and who you would like to share that with. Okay, gratitude number two. I'm going to read from Philemon. 
I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. We have read together a couple of different letters from the New Testament. This one is written by Paul to a specific person named Philemon and his household. And as Paul often did in his letters, he began with thanks. And he's very specific here. He's like, I have heard this about you. I have heard about your love from other people. And I just want to thank you. He's very specific in thanking Philemon for what he was doing for the kingdom of God. So in our second aspect of gratitude today, I want us to think of a person who has impacted you in a positive way this year. It could be something small, something big that they were there for, something they may not even have realized that they influenced you by. Maybe it was an action you saw somebody take and you were inspired by that. And I want the challenge, might be a little big one. I want, us to, I want you to write an actual thank you note and mail it. That might require finding a stamp. I got some, I just bought some. You can come get some from me. But find our address, write an actual card, letter, put it in the mail. What a joy that would be to receive of someone who made a difference to you. And as you're writing down their name right now, just say a prayer for this person. Thank God for them. So we'll take a moment to pray together right now for this person whose name we're writing down.
Our third category of gratitude, getting a little deeper here, Deuteronomy 26. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you, put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. And say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror, with great signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's another instance where the Jewish people were asked to look back, to think that where they were in this moment was the result of those who came before them and was a result of coming out of trauma and tragedy and heartache. And so sometimes when we pray for the strength to endure, God has set in motion a reminder to say, Speak aloud what you have come from. The prayers answered. The ways that you were under anxiety only months ago and now things are okay. Or maybe they're great. So let's take time to think of hardship. Hardship that we've gone through. So I want us to think about something that you're grateful for to be overcoming. And maybe it was an illness you had or someone else in your life that you stood by as they had surgery and you were there for them. Maybe you helped someone else walk through a very sorrowful time and that was a burden you carried too. And now you're thankful to overcome. Maybe you found an amazing therapist and now you're headed toward healthy mental health. Maybe you're coming out of a season of heavy grief and you realize you've taken one step closer to the light. Maybe you made amends with a strained relationship. Think of something, something that was really weighing on your heart at some point this year that you have feel like, oh, I can breathe easier about that right now. There's some relief. And then in response to this gratitude, so the, the Hebrew people were supposed to say, now that I'm in this land, now that there is relief, I'm going to give a portion of the goodness that's coming from the land. So what can you do to give a portion of this relief? And one of the ways we can do that is just to, to look around and, and take a step toward helping someone else heal in the new year. Is there someone else that you know you should offer to help find a good doctor, to drive to an appointment, or someone who you know is getting ready to take on a new venture and you can offer to be their support to give them new life? Is there an, a, a cause that you can be more active in in the community, a way that you can serve in this city that gives back in a way that you've been given? So how are you going to initiate healing and hope for someone in the new year?